Sound check, sound check. Do I sound all right? Do I got to get my energy up. I always start off like... You always start it. off low like somebody didn't hurt you. I know. What is that all about? Well, at least I admit it. When we tell you, you start off low. You're like, no, I'm, I'm, that's just my voice. No. Listen, I have an opinion. If I don't agree, I'm going to tell y'all I don't agree. I ain't going to sit here and just agree with y'all just because y'all tell me something. But you're wrong. And that's what makes it an opinion. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm 39. I ain't got time to do all that stuff. You know who else has an opinion? The KKK. Jesus. The Jesus K- has an opinion. K- Jesus. K- my Lord and Savior has an opinion. And he always told me to talk Hitler about Hitler had an dream. opinion, too. Well, so did Strawberry Shortcake. See where that got her. You do dare speak ill of Strawberry Shortcake. I Don't love you her. ever talk about Strawberry Shortcake. I am Marcellus. I am the TV guy. And my name is Ken, and I am the movie guy. And together we're a hot mess. Oh my god. There's a target on my back. I'm always under attack. He can improve on his posture. Because the way he's standing right now, he's going to look like a snail at 62. Kenneth makes a good uh, jailhouse top ramen. Um, Kenneth. Okay. Once again, let me tell you something about strawberry shortcake. I love the little village, and they had little fruits and stuff, and all on their clothes, or whatever. And every time they was making muffins, I got real hungry during that show. Of and I only did. watched like one or two episodes because I was really waiting for He Man to come on, and you have to kind of wait because I think it was He Man, Rainbow Bright came on, then Strawberry Shortcake. It was like they were gonna throw girl cartoons in there, like you gonna watch these real quick, and then like another guy cartoon would come on. It was very, very sexist back in the 80s. It was wow. very gendered. Yeah. But that's all right. It's just what it was. Well, anyway, welcome. Did you say welcome? Wo- <laughs> welcome, because we want everybody to be woke. There's oh. intention to everything I do. Got it. Okay, we see how woke you are on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my fave. This is my fave. I'm Ken. I'm the movie guy. And I'm Marcellus. I'm the TV guy. I'm so excited because this episode is episode eight. It's not. It is. This is episode nine. Oh, I think that's the second time I did. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I'm just convinced you don't know where well, we Well, I just listened to episode record. seven today that's up. So that's right. We, we recorded episode eight. I, I'm with it now. This is episode nine. Y'all need to understand, first of all, we're working and we're busy. So for you all's listening But pleasure, we all know where we at. Ken does it. We <laughs> try to record a week in advance. And so, yes, there's a lot on my plate today. Welcome to episode nine. Yay, we're on episode nine. Now, this is a test. Do you know what our theme is today? I do know what our theme is today. What's our theme? And I don't feel like this is a test. I feel like you're looking for me to fail. I'm not looking for you to fail. You just happen to I, fail I, a lot. I, I I don't happen to fail a lot. <laughs> your test is rigged. <laughs> no, your test is rigged. Because last week, that was, some, that was some buffoonery. Anyway. What was buffoonery last week? Anyway, I would love to know, what is the theme? The genre today is drum roll, please. This is probably a good point for you to put in some drum rolls in your sound mixing. If you well, want I to like how that. we do it. Oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, our theme today is fantasy. <laughs> I just wanted to see what myself. I was over saying. here like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, that's not our theme. I just wanted to make myself upset. Our theme today is one of my favorite genres. When you say it, though. You got to say it like you're in that genre. 
Yes. Okay. You ready? What's our theme? Our our uh our theme today or our genre, our yeah, topic. Our genre today is sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> was that like a robot like know. horror sci-fi sound? I don't know what it was. What is a sci-fi sound? What would that be? Because I know what horror would be. It could sound like robots. Right. Sound like- oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be like uh, okay. Sci-fi. I am a robot. I am. Welcome to Sci-fi. Can we get some help, Professor Brandon? That would be great. This is why we need yeah. Professor Brandon. I've come to the conclusion that I'm just going to stop trying to fight calling him Professor Brandon. It feels more comfortable mm. to call him Professor Brandon. So it's really about what you want. No, it's about what works. Got it. Just like how America works. <sighs> Pisces. Sci-fi. Is our genre today? Today, I love this. Sci-fi is everything because you get to—it's it's almost like fantasy and all that stuff. You get to go into this different world, mm-hmm. but when you get into science fiction, mm-hmm. it's a whole new, a whole new world. I'm sorry, I had to. It's this place where you can see all these little creatures mm. and aliens and mm-hmm. there's science involved possibly lasers and space mm-hmm. and stars and science is like science the difference for anybody that's listening between fantasy and science is science is this world science that, fiction yeah science fiction uh-huh. is this world that is motivated by technology whereas fantasy yes. is about magic so in a real sci-fi film there's no magic. It's not about magic. It's about technology. Mm-hmm. Why are you looking at me? I hate that dog. What? Do I hate that dog. Oh, the neighbor's dog. I feel like he don't bark until we record. <laughs> He's just hating on our podcast. He does not. He's like, they're recording. <laughs> and he um, does. He has this very uh, drawn out bark because he's old. Yeah. The dogs are like 14 years old, which means in dog years, you do the math. I think he feels not. like I think he gets ready to bark before he barks. Mm-hmm. It's like his mouth open and everything. He be like, Arr! <laughs> and then, but I feel like he be talking to y'all dogs because if I like walk to the side or something, uh, he'll say something, uh, and then Bailey will start going crazy. But there's right. other times he'll bark and Bailey won't say nothing. So Bailey like, is my Yorkie Terrier. My he be Yorkie. telling Bailey like, Marcella's here, and Bailey be like, I'm oh, oh, Marcella. Love you, Bailey. Love you, man. Bailey's so cute. How was your week, Marcella? My week was actually <clears throat> amazing. Oh, okay. I had a lot of Lyft going on. And you know what? I'm going to tell you what I really like about Lyft. Now, sometimes I'm not too motivated to drive. I will be honest. No, because it's a lot of driving. I tell some people it's like doing a road trip every day, especially if you do it full time like you're supposed to, which I'm working on getting even better at that. <laughs> but... I meet so many people and so mm-hmm. many different personalities. Some people aren't too pleasant, mm-hmm. but most people are. Yeah. I get to talk to them, figure out their life, mm-hmm. what's going on. Sometimes I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm just listening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get to tell them stuff about me. And you know what else is funny? It may sound funny. I kind of get to make up whoever I want. Right. And I do that sometimes. <laughs> right, right. I didn't right. tell people I got two cars and it's my extra car for Lyft. <laughs> I didn't tell people this is my last job because I had a rough life. I've been telling people all kind of stuff just to see how they're going to respond. Uh, and it always comes out really good. Like, yeah. I love it. It's true. It's like when you drive for a Lyft, you can create like these characters and these personalities. You know what I really like? It's, 
this has happened to me more in the Bay Area because I was driving for a long time up there. Uh, You meet so many different people and the odds are so different that you're going to get all these different people. Mm -hmm. But there were a few times where I picked up the same person. Oh, I think I realized more than they realized that I picked up the same person. But it was very, very rare and happened probably three times, I think. I have never picked up the same person so far. I always wonder about, like, when will it be the time will I ever pick up this? I've never picked up the same person. I think one of the reasons why is because I used to live right by UC Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And so I would turn my app on and I would be at Berkeley. And Berkeley is big, but Mm -hmm. it's it's integrated into the town. Mm -hmm. So if you're in those same areas, you Mm -hmm. can kind of get the same people sometimes. Okay. And that happened. I picked up the same person that was, like, down the street from my house, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have a clue who I was. But I was like, oh, my God. But I didn't want to be weird. I picked up my neighbor. You did? Yeah, I turned on my app in my driveway, and literally it went ping. And then I looked, and it was my neighbor right across the street. Really? And she was like, hey. I said, hey, neighbor. I said, I'm going to be right over. She started laughing. I took him to the laundromat. Oh, it was fun. So I was helping out the community. She gave me $4. See? That was great. And I've never picked her up again, though. Just the last story I'm going to tell and move on. Uh-oh. <laughs> I picked up this elderly couple And by elderly I mean elderly elderly But they were the sweetest pie uh-huh. They came from this restaurant And they was just so nice And can I tell you it took them like Five minutes just to get in the car and I was like, Oh my god and I was trying to help them they were so nice though yeah. and I drove them, They asked me all these questions well, What do you do and everything and yeah. they were just so sweet Really really like elderly You should have uh, kept couple. being their friends with because one day They would invite you over for coffee cake and tea Yeah they were great and gave you old clock. My favorite part was when I pulled up They was like you can pull right there I pulled up and everything And he said here's something for you And he gave me oh, a single dollar bill <laughs> And I was like Do you know I cherish that dollar bill <laughs> I still have it. Like, I was like, no, you don't. I promise you, I do. It's in my car. You need to spend it. It's $1, but he really meant that. Marcellus. What am I going to get a taco? He really. On Taco Tuesday. He really. (laughs) He really meant that. And he, like, he flumed it. You know how you, like, you know oh, he, he flipped like, it out? Flip it out like it's like a oh, $50 bill. God. He was like, this for you. This and is I for said, you. Thank you. I really felt that dollar. <laughs> I said, thank you for the single Mother dollar Martinez bill. at my church used to collect jars of pennies for me for Sunday school. <laughs> Every Sunday she had a jar full of pennies for me. I don't know where she was getting them from. She was giving you a jar full of yeah, pennies? Yeah. She said, baby, this for your Sunday school offering. <laughs> Come on over here and get that. I said, thank you, Mother Martina. She said, yes, baby. And it'd be like change. It'd be, she could like barely hold it up. It'd be like a little jar, like a little jar of pickle size, full of pennies. And I was like, where is she getting these pennies? Every week, the jar would be full of pennies and never any silver. And I said, well, I gave it right to them for Sunday school. <laughs> I gave it to the church. That brings me to a really interesting question. What is like the weirdest thing? That you've gotten as a gift in church, besides jars of pennies every Sunday. I, ooh, because these are the weirdest thing I've gotten in. And church. by weird, I mean like in relation to like your age or whatever. Like, just what was like you, you couldn't help but laugh when you got this gift from a church person. Oh God! And let me just explain, America. If you haven't listened before or whatever else, Ken and I both grew up in church. Two total different churches. I was up in the Bay. He was down here. And so that's why there's a lot of church influence and in everything. Church references. This is for in, in no way a church podcast. But it is just funny that that is our humor a lot of times because that is what we grew up in. Listen, it's I can our go point to a church reference. mother voice quick. It's our point of reference. Is where it's our, it's our origin story. 
and um, that's how it was with Nikki and I. Nikki, uh, some of you guys may know her. We both met at Second City, uh-huh. and when we would get up and do improv in class, because we both had this. What's Second City? Second City is where we do improv. It's mm-hmm. located in Hollywood. It's a school that Ooh. teaches you how to do improv. I think don't a lot of people from SNL come from that, like the Chicago. Um, some people came from SNL um, that were uh, associated with Second City, nice. but Second City um, in Canada, they had a Second City Ontario, I believe nice. it was. Some of the original cast members from there, some were people. So you and Nikki had that church. Oh, relation. we always would get up and do our improv stuff, and it would be like Church Mother or Potluck or. And everyone would just be enjoying it, but we had this mind where we would connect it like that because we had that experience. So you and I, I think that shows up in our podcast because even though we lived in two different parts of the state, we still had a very similar black church experience. And that's, I think, where our comedy comes from because that's where our point of references are. Right. So, uh, but I... See, I think the gift, when you ask that question about what's like the weirdest gift I got from somebody at church, I think I got like a... I don't know. I mean, a Bible. Like, it, I didn't get nothing weird. It would just be like, uh, you know, here's a tie with crosses on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, something like that. It wasn't nothing really super weird. What about you? For me, I won't. I guess weird was a weird word to use, but okay. just like just a funny gift. Right, anyway. right. So I had a godmother, rest her soul. Aww. Her name was Mama Dolly. Okay. They call her Mama Dolly. Mama Dolly. She was a mother of the church, but she was still like, you know, I'm still whatever. So she refused to be just sitting in the front, whatever. That she was like lively, moving around, everything. Yeah. And she'd always be like, Marcellus, I got to get you something for your birthday. Now, mind you, I don't remember a lot of the early on birthday gifts, but I do remember the ones when I got older. Uh huh. So when I turned thirteen, uh oh, she got me a box of donuts, but like grocery <laughs> store donuts. What? It's just it's just funny gifts. Then I turned fourteen. She got me a pack of socks, white tube socks, <laughs> and I will never forget. I kid you not. I turned fifteen. She bought me a Tonka truck. <laughs> My mama can attest to this. I was like, mom, <laughs> and she meant it from her heart. I couldn't. Uh, I can't never. What be. are you gonna? Yeah. Do you still have that truck? I don't know where that truck okay. is, but listen, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you got me beat. I don't think I had any. <laughs> I didn't get a Tonka truck at 15. I cherished it, though. I said, thank you. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, lights, camera, action. Lights, camera, action. Um, Marcellus, I believe this is your turn today. It is my turn. What do you have for us this episode? This is what's going to happen, okay? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So, how does uh, this work? What's going to happen is we're going to do, since our last camera action basically is an icebreaker, we know each other well, but it's almost like we're doing that icebreaker for the audience to get to know us more. Right. You know? And it might be some stuff I didn't know about you. Right. I know. Crazy stuff. So, what the deal is for this one is I looked up some questions that are just funny icebreaker questions. Okay. Pretty simple. Okay. I'm going to ask you these questions and I want you to answer them, but I want you to really think about it and tell me, tell me and tell the audience what you uh, really feel. So here goes the first one. All are right. you ready? I'm ready. Well, let me look at my paper and see the ones I picked for you that I thought would really work. Uh-oh. Mm, here we go. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Which decade do you love the most and why? Of course, it's the 80s, you Why? Guys. Tell us why. Because of my childhood. I was born in 1979, which means when I was like my early childhood was the 80s. And so I don't know, but I remember the 80s 
music as a kid. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, but I remember 80s movies. And sometimes I try to figure out where did that come from? Because in the 90s, when I was more like a teen, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, obviously it was the 90s, but that's not what sticks out to me the most. What really sticks out to me is the 80s. 80s. I remember the hairstyle. I remember um, sitting down and watching MTV. Mm-hmm. I remember watching um, like Tina Turner's What's Love Got to Do With It in rotation, Michael Jackson's Thriller in rotation. You know, all these artists now that are just icons, I remember when their videos were playing in regular rotation on MTV. I remember them being interviewed, The Goonies. It's all the movies. So a lot of times when I'm talking about my fave movies, they're coming from a lot of stuff from the 80s that I grew up with that I have sentimental um you know, connection to, and I love the car, like, everything was, like, what the 80s was, was so cool, is, like, their idea of what the future would be, right, is still so 80s, because <laughs> if you ever see Metropolis, the movie uh-huh. Metropolis, yeah, uh, I think it's a German movie, yeah, yeah, it's all about the future, right, right, but it, it looks, looks exactly, exactly like what it was at that time, it's you so know? dope, but just, like, what can you do, we don't know, and that makes me think about now, when uh-huh. we think about our future stuff, uh-huh. it probably, we're still probably thinking about now, just exaggerated. Right. When you go to Disneyland, I think a perfect uh, example of that is we recently went to Disneyland and we went to Star Tours. And when you go in, it's like a, no, not Star Tours, a Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Space Mountain to me is a very 80s, super uh, futuristic theme that's yeah. going on in the line at Space Mountain. All the lights, the, the rides, the lights, the way the, the car, the roller coasters look, it's very 80s. An space. alternative present. Alternative present. It's so cool. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, you gonna ask me a question? Yes, I am. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, your next question is, if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you? Okay, if a movie was made of my life, what genre would it be and who would play me? I think um, the guy who would play me is the actor from um, Get Out, the main actor. Oh, yeah, I can't think of his name. Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya. He would play me. You say Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Kaluuya would play me. And then I think it the genre would be a comedy. Mm, I see that. I see that working. It'd be a comedy. And I know you don't think of him as a comedic actor, but I feel like um, he would probably be able to pull it off. We got to give him a dread wig. Okay. He doesn't have to have a dread All right. Wig. Your turn. <laughs> Why he gotta have a dread wig? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. What is one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them? (laughs) What is one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make me walk out of it? I'm gonna be honest with you, as I'm because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking there's not a lot. That somebody could wear that would make me walk out because that's just how wacky I am. And I think they're, because I was trying to think, okay, the Madonna Kong bra, I'd actually be okay if somebody wore that on a date. Um, if somebody came to the date wearing a jock strap on the outside. Oh my God. <laughs> like Blank Man, didn't he? Listen, can I tell you, that would probably be like a lot of fun. Like, this is gonna be a very interesting evening. So I just wanna say, that there may not be, well, okay, this is what's going to be the problem. I just found it. Go ahead. If you were in a KKK hood, oh, we you got not, a point. then I'm done. You got a point? I'm done. 
Or if you wearing something talking about the alt-right t-shirt, white power. Or if you come out talking about white lives matter oh. and it's a wristband. <laughs> Blue lives matter. Blue lives matter. I'm going to be like, Blue lives matter, I'm going to stay. Because I want to have a conversation with you. All lives matter? I'm going to have a conversation with you. Gotcha. But white lives matter, we're done. You're canceled. That's okay. it. That's it. Hotel. I'm not hot. You oh so you want to date a racist? No, I'm just I just told you what you are. You oh you the I see the fire burning I in your not, eyes. I'm not whole tip. I'm woke. Oh, I've explained okay. this to you guys on you last woke episode. Tip? Okay, y'all don't. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not gonna fall into Marcelo's it's so trap. He's trying to bait me. <laughs> um, you. <laughs> well, this was fun. I like these questions. Get to know. Get to get to go deep into the mind and see what's really going <laughs> on. So, well, anyway, Kenneth. Right. Now that that is over. All right. I need to know something. Oh, what do you want to know? What is your fave sci-fi movie? <gasps> oh my God! This is the moment I've been waiting for. My fave sci-fi movie is The Matrix. Oh! I could not tell you how simple that was for me to answer. Uh, this is basically a movie about a computer hacker who learns from mysterious rebels uh, about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against his controllers. Oh, my God. Uh, this movie came out in 1999. Okay. I am... Ooh, I was nine. Oh, wow. I'm not going to say. Uh, written and directed by... You the were 21. Wach- Wachowski Brothers. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Carrie Ann Moss. Hugo Weaving. Listen, Thomas... Anderson is a computer program by day, and he's Neo, the hacker by night. Come on, Neo. And what happens is um, he's kind of always questioned his reality. He didn't right. really seem like he fit in with the world. Right. It's always like this nagging feeling that something's not right. Anyway, he's contacted by this infamous hacker. He's like a world-renowned hacker named Morpheus. Mm-hmm. And Morpheus is like, you know, we need to meet. Um, and you're in trouble. You need to kind of get out of your apartment because you've been targeted by the police. Ooh. Now, Morpheus is known by the government. They call him like a terrorist. So Neo is kind of shocked that he's being mm-hmm. summoned to meet Morpheus. Right. But at the same time, he's like a little nervous because, you know, he's like on the top 10 FBI list or something, right? Right. And is, is Neo still writing songs for people? You know what? I hope you put that in right there. I hope you put that sound effect. I have the power of the editing. <laughs> he gonna edit it. It's gonna be like bling. It's gonna be a crowd cheering. Oh no, god. Um, he basically um is given a choice of. Of being uh, attacked, awakened. So Neo is awakened to the real world, and he finds out that this real world is like ravaged wasteland. It looks nothing like it looks. Uh-huh. And what he finds out is that most of humanity has been captured by a um, race of robots and machines. Oh my god! And they are using the human beings uh, for their electrochemical energy and heat in order to survive. And so they've been plugged up in this thing called the Matrix. And once Neo has been unplugged from the Matrix, he uh, realizes that he has to go back into the Matrix to save as many people as he can. Wow. And with the help of Morpheus 
and Trinity, played by Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, I love Trinity. Um, they are basically he joins the resistance, so to speak, of humans who uh who were not plugged into the matrix and they're trying to get other humans unplugged. It's one of the most amazing sci-fi movies that I have ever seen. It is amazing. They have this thing called the bullet special effect, mm. which is something that they created for yeah. this movie in which the film is slowed down and it's this oh. bullet is going through the frame. That's when he leaned back. Right. And he does the, the famous lean back and kind of dodges the bullets. And there's this ripple effect, like a trail behind the bullets, almost as if like it's jail. Do you know how many dance movies, dance, whatever, all did that after that movie? They talked about that, that like the trivia. They were like, <laughs> and they were literally over 30 imitations of the bullet effect Lord. in movies in that next two to three years alone. 30 people imitated it. And do you know how many times I saw it at church? <laughs> <laughs> yes, with mime, the praise. The mime dancers. With the mime dancers. Mime, with the, mime the atmosphere. Oh, my God. I think we did that in our group. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. I think we kind of did, like, our own semi-Matrix move. Oh, the Matrix moves were amazing, right? Oh, yeah. We've seen it in, like, dance groups. We've seen it in, like, you know, like, battle dancers, cheerleaders. Everybody right. was doing stuff. Um, but that is, for me... Um, a movie, as soon as I saw the trailer, I said, I got it. Like, there was such an excitement for this movie because it was so different. When you had him bend back like that and, like, the frame slowed down, mm -hmm. Marcellus, I mean, they created this amazing world. Mm -hmm. You had these amazing characters. And then I think the idea that we were living in something that's not real, I think, resonates with everybody. Because, you know, when you see Deja Vu, you right. Know, so deja vu in the world of the Matrix was a glitch in the system. Ooh. So I think for us, it was like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's maybe what's going on. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's why this isn't real. <laughs> um, this movie uh, was filmed in Sydney, Australia. Oh, I did not know and, that. And um, they could not film it. Warner Brothers was like, if you film it in the U.S., it's gonna cost too much to make. So it cost sixty-three million dollars to make it in Sydney, Australia. Had they made the movie in the U.S., it would have cost $180 million. Damn. So um, they, they, they only made it there because it was more affordable. But the movie goes on to gross. Are you ready for this? $63 million to make. It went on to gross $463 million. My God. The Matrix was the a- The first movie? The very first. We were just talking about The Matrix. Wow. Yeah. Um, They had a hard time getting this movie greenlit because the Wachowski siblings were- Wait, wait. What what else? Didn't they do something else? Well, later on, they did Cloud Atlas. Oh, okay. And then later on, they did Sense8. Oh, okay. I'm think, I know that but name. Okay. the Wachowskis are famous for The Matrix. Right, okay. And this script, uh, The Matrix, is something that they have been working on for about five and a half years. And so um, they took it um, you know, to the studios, and people were having a hard time trying to figure out like what do you like what is this like how are you gonna do this mm -hmm. and so they went through 14 drafts and they okay. still couldn't like people were like excited about it but they were like how are you going to do it so they hired two top illustrators in the industry to illustrate the movie for them they came up with 600 illustrations now i go back into the studio room right to pitch my movie they had all of these pictures Mm. Then everybody got super. They immediately greenlit it because they needed that visual part to connect them to the movie. So I think that was pretty interesting because 
you and I, you know, have talked about filmmaking and stuff. And the idea that you didn't need visual aids to pitch mm-hmm. your movie, I thought that was like something like, oh, okay. That might be something I can kind of put in my mind later on. So when I want to pitch a film and I'm finding people are kind of not on board with it, maybe then I need to hire someone to illustrate it. Because people need to, you know, people need to see Some it. people, so obviously they were trying to communicate to them and it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, they had um, six months of training just to do the first opening scene. It took them six months of training wow. just to do that opening. That was opening. a lot in that movie. Though. That was like groundbreaking. You for... remember there's also the 360-degree camera angle. Yeah. So when Trinity, you know, jumps up in the air, they freeze the actress, and then the camera rotates 360 degrees around her, mm-hmm. and then the action on the actress continues. And that was unheard. Like that All of that was, was like deal groundbreaking. Um, 20% of this movie was special effects. Which is, which is, which was not normal at the time. Like twenty mm. percent of your movie was special effects, but it lent itself well to the movie. I think sometimes people criticize special effects. Like we were talking about that with um, um, Jim Henson yeah. and talking about the Dark Crystal, how we love the puppets and yeah. all that. But in this movie, The Matrix, the special effects were okay. They're okay because it all makes sense in the world. Mm. They had. This legendary stunt coordinator, his name was Wu Ping Yin. Come on, Wu Ping Yin. And he's from Hong Kong. And he didn't want to do it. He said, I like the script, but I don't really want to do it. They really wanted him. So he was like, all right, I'm just going to charge him this exorbitant amount of money. They're like, okay. He's like, oh, they still want me. And then he was like, okay, well, if I do it, I need um, four months to train the actors before filming. They're like, okay, done. So he was like, well, I guess I'm going to do the movie. Because right. everything he kept throwing back at them, he like, was kind of no, doing it on it. purpose. So they would say no, but they wanted him so bad. And I think that what was amazing is that he developed a fighting style for each character. So he had Trinity's feminine uh, martial arts approach. He had um, uh, Morpheus to be kind of strong. He had... Um, uh, I think um, the agents. So I'm sorry, the agents were basically the computer programs. They're the villains in the film who are trying to stop the rebellion from happening. They had more like a precise precision moves. It was really well thought out on his part as far as those special effects. That's amazing. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think, because you know back then like it was something new and mm-hmm. everybody's always looking for something new. Yeah. Along the lines of like Matrix or how you felt, what else do you think can happen with movies that'll make you feel like that? Because there's so much of the same thing going on now. You got your James Camerons that are doing like yeah. the same thing, but they do it so good that you would go crazy for it. But what else could happen now that's like Matrix worthy? You know, this is a very good question. I think what happens with filmmaking, which I'm really getting excited about, filmmaking, coming up with a shot that you know has never been previously shot. That's where I think we're going to see innovation come Mm -hmm. because you're being forced to think outside the box. And everyone is coming to the table to try to make the movie happen. And so I think this is going to be more collaboration with the technology. Like you mentioned James Cameron doing Avatar and mixing in the, you know, the 3D components and all those different layers with the actors wearing those bodysuits, mm-hmm. the motion capture, uh, with the motion capture and how that's kind of like taking over the industry. Wouldn't it be industri- interesting if we did like a motion capture film, but they're not playing an animal? What if it was a, a, a different way that we can use motor- motion capture? I'm pretty confident that it may even come from you and me as new generation filmmakers and creatives mm-hmm. to try to figure out 
as we tap into our creativity, we're going to come across some stuff and be like, you know what? How am I going to make that happen? I feel like there's still room for new and there's also ways to improve what we already see. I'm not sure what it's going to be. I don't know what that next new thing is because sometimes it's hard to call it before it happens. I didn't know what was going to happen with the man. Like you're just sitting in the movie theater and you see the preview. The music comes on, the 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 way they look, the wardrobe is dope. They got those sunglasses on. So dope. They got those long leather coats. My God. And when you freeze the frame and you do that 360 degree. She did degree, that kick when she, she jumped out. She did that out, kick. The oh, something. my God. Uh, I was and, in love with her. I, listen, and Carrie and That's Moss, why she's on. Well. No, what? Why she no, on what? I was about to lie. Oh, you thought she was on another show? I thought she was on Sense8, but no, she's on all the Marvel stuff. Right, 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 right. I was about to be like, now I know it. Right, It's right. about who you know. Carrie Ann Moss was so funny. This is an actor story for sure. She sprang her ankle early on in the filming, and she did not tell them. She kept going? Nope. She said because she didn't want to be replaced. She thought they was going to recast her. Oh. Uh, there's a lot of accidents. Um, Keanu Reeves, he fractured his back. Had to have surgery oh and stuff. Oh, my God. He couldn't oh, even do. He couldn't do. Right. The stunts and stuff he was doing. He couldn't kick. So his character never kicks in the movie because it took him two months of rehabilitation just to be able to do what we saw him do. And so he could not do high kicks. Uh, in the movie he would never do high kicks in that film because he was still healing everyone was falling breaking wrists doing all kind of stuff what was his name one more time who in the movie oh neo neo yeah who do you think would win out of john wick and neo ha neo neo Uh oh professor brandon says john wick well i don't think that's a fair question because it is fair in the matrix everybody can do anything I know, but, but Matrix if, so if Neo. You, if you okay, if you take Neo's character out of the Matrix, John Wick, because he don't know, like he's just. But I'm talking about Matrix Neo. Oh, easily, Matrix Neo. But John didn't he Wick did, is not okay. Be first played, of all, didn't he dodge bullets in the Matrix? Down, down, he dodged every single bullet that ever comes. Like his one hit his leg. So I think it's pretty clear that the Neo <laughs> Matrix would win because all John Wick got is guns. Mm-hmm. So he would be dodging gun. He would be dodging. He could fly. He could fly. That makes me think of. Um, did you ever see the documentary? Um, oh, now I can't think of it right when I said it. Uh-oh. Side to side, I think it's called. No, and it's about digital. digital. Can you type that in for me, Professor Brandon, so I can make sure I'm not lying. Digital side to side documentary. Wow, digital what? What is it? What is it about? It's about film. Yeah. Digital film versus uh, celluloid film. Mm hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and Keanu basically goes to a bunch of d- directors. Mm hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Uh, my mind is really blank today, y'all. What? I don't know. Star Wars. George Lucas. George Lucas. Okay. People like that. All okay. these people. And kind of does a poll, ask these people, get all their insight in their mind on. How they feel about digital versus film? Now I don't oh. know as far as Matrix, but I would think a lot of it is digital, especially. Yeah. Things, but it's about being shot in digital versus being mm-hmm. shot in uh, film. Be fr- right, and then right. When editing, you got to do the actual cutting in film, and right. You got to do computer, and they were trying to say it takes away from or adds to, just mm-hmm. like we were saying with the real puppetry versus like CGI. Right, right. So it's a really good documentary to watch. Um, and Keanu because, Reeves is like the, Keanu Reeves um, is the I think he made it to be honest. Oh, okay. I think. Um 
but it, it just goes into all that and all okay. that 3D and how all that came in and okay. all, all that special effects and stuff. I think that a lot of times people get so committed to it one certain way mm-hmm. and then it's almost like nobody likes change. That's very true. And then when someone else comes along, it's like, well, we can do this. And it's just like, well, that's not as good. I also feel like people are connected to certain things because it has sentimental value. Exactly. So if you grew up looking at only celluloid and then you're like, okay. And or if you looked up, if you grew up only looking at 2D Disney animated movies. And then when we come out with Beauty and the Beast with the CGI ballroom dancing between her and Belle and the Beast. Like you would be, if you're that kid, you would love it. And then you would look at something like Snow White and they may be like, eh. Mm-hmm. But I grew up, you know, in the 80s and we got all of those 2D animated um, right. Disney movies. And then when I have a choice, I would much prefer to watch Alice in Wonderland. I would much prefer to watch Snow White because I have this appreciation for these beautifully hand-painted backgrounds that I go, this doesn't happen anymore. So all of the art... Yeah. And the hard work that goes into doing hand painted. So, but that's a sentimental that I, you know, I'm not saying it's better. I just choose it because that's kind of where my heart it it brings memories, mm-hmm. you know. So I that's get essentially it. what that whole movie is about. Just what you just said. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where this movie is with the Matrix. Yeah, there's a lot of um, people who would be like, "Oh my god." And then there's people who are just like, but this is groundbreaking in so many ways, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it so, definitely was. Yeah. Oh. Did you see, have you seen The Matrix? I right? saw the whole trilogy. Yeah. 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 There's more than one. And the story, I don't like where it goes, personally. Yeah, the, be- the first one was the best. But um, overall, it was, again, if I own, if I own this movie, I it's know it's a favorite. I remember And the I was like, yes. The, uh, the Matrix video game, I think it was Nintendo 64. Mm. But uh, it had a video game too. Of course, right? Yeah, video game. Of course, I was it had a game. So video excited game. to play it too. I was like, Matrix. All of the scenes in the Matrix when they're in the Matrix, they purposely made them with a green tint. Yeah. And then if they were in the real world, it was a bluish tint. Mm-hmm. And then when Morpheus is training uh, Neo, and they're not in either the Matrix necessarily, or are they in the real world? They're in a training simulator. It's a yellow tint. And they kind of wanted you to kind of get those feels. If I'm not mistaken, there was one. I don't know which one. It might not have been the first. But they had this big scene on a freeway. Mm-hmm. Remember that? The yeah. One? They yeah. had to like close down a freeway for yes. like super long. Yes. I remember reading about These guys about. were going in on this movie as far as the big, big production value. Yeah. Again, I want to say this because I've started directing sketches with zero budget. I, I almost feel like how do you – what – is the pressure knowing that you've been given $63 million to make a film. So not only are you worried about your actors and making sure that your crew and everything is there and everybody has their sag and everybody is this and the, you guys, it's like $63 million. And so the studio heads are like, you better make some, like this better be good, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're dealing with that pressure while still trying to be creative. And trying to be an artist. So those are some things that I'm starting to learn now as I'm as I'm kind of putting on like a director's hat. Your, your it's like you got to, okay, this is great, but is it going to be commercially successful too? Right. And so they were worried about that aspect of it. Like, I hope this is going to be commercially successful. Um, I remember Lawrence Fishburne, he said he fell in love with the script, but he was like, ah, oh, they're not going to make this movie. It's too smart. No one's going to want this. 
And I mean, it, yeah, look it at was it. amazing. Um, Nicholas Cage was actually um, approached to be Neo. Really? And he turned down the role because of family commitments. He had like a family vacation he'd already planned. And I always wondered, like, what would that look like? They had considered Tom Cruise for um, Neo. Um, and Will Smith was offered the part as well. So mm-hmm. he uh, turned it down. And there's two stories floating around. One story is he said he turned it down because he felt like he wasn't a strong enough actor. And so he's like, I don't know if I can really do the do do the role right. right. And I don't feel like I'm where I need to be in my career to be able to pull this off. So you go, okay. But then the other story is, um, you know, he turned it down, but he just really regrets it to this day that he turned it down and he should have taken it. And so there was no thing about I'm not good enough. It was just, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And and then, but he de- he is on record for saying Keanu Reeves was amazing. Wow. And he really, like, thought he did good. That's really good, Kenneth. That You <clears throat> really went deep into this movie. I got one more question to end it before we go on our break. In one to two sentences, let's see if you can do this, even though you probably already said it, why is this movie your favorite? Because it took us to a place that we've never been before. Oh. We're going to let the audience, we're going to let that simmer and sizzle. Okay. See y'all. Hey, you ever been injured in an auto accident? Don't wait. Call me right now. You may be entitled to compensation. I'm Lenny K. Parker. Nathaniel Thomas here. I was at the church annual picnic and got chicken grease all over my good knee. But I called Lenny K. Parker and he got me $82.93. Ain't got no new knee, but I got some money. My name is Katie LaCroix. I called several law offices and I was not able to find anyone who didn't want a down payment. I said, not today, devil. That's when I called Lenny K. Parker. Call now. Toll free. 1-800-444-0000. I'm Lenny K. Parker. I'm nearby and I'm ready to fight for you. You ain't got to worry about no medical bills, no suffering or lost wages. Listen, you need somebody to go to choir rehearsal for you? We got somebody ready. You need somebody to go to your AA meeting? We got somebody ready for that too. You got to go to a physical? We got somebody ready for that too. It's Lenny K. Parker Law Offices. We going to handle everything. Call me right now. Devon Washington, uh, Lenny K. Parker got me $2.1 million and I'm in a wheelchair. We're back, everybody, and are um, we? we yeah we are. Are you back? Are we back? I'm back. Oh, are you think you? we in the Matrix? That's, <laughs> see, you was with me. That's where I was going. Are we really here? Are y'all really driving while y'all listen to this? Right. Are you really eating that macaroni and cheese? Is that real macaroni and cheese in front of you? Is that really how it's supposed to taste? <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be baked. Is this supposed to be baked? Ooh, I'm listen. Whoever decided to make pork chops taste the way they did, good job, computer right. programmer, because that was the that's delicious. delicious. Marcellus, what? And is... marshmallows don't go on yams. But anyway, moving on. Huh? That's a glitch in the matrix. That's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who thought of that? Anybody? And can I tell you what else is a glitch in the matrix? What's a glitch? Tell me. Coleslaw. Coleslaw. You know, uh, I can't lie. I I kind of like coleslaw, uh, but it's a uh, it's a bit of a glitch. That's a bit of a glitch. I never felt like, ooh, I really want some coleslaw. But if I get it with a meal, I eat it. Mm-mm. They can keep that. And lima beans. Lima beans? Why? Glitch in the Matrix. 
Lima beans. Lima beans taste horrible. I'm pretty. I'm for sure. Pig feet is a glitch in everybody's matrix. I don't understand. Oh, I love pickle pig feet. Oh God, a glitch in my matrix. That is not a glitch in my matrix. I love me some pickle pig feet. Why are we eating pigs' feet? The same reason we eating some cow guts. I'm. I'm not eating no cow guts. That's what ground beef is, ain't it? No. Okay. Moving on, because you're gonna make me mad. Let's go. You. You. You start. Okay. Bring me in. All right. Well, I'm just saying. I like. Okay. I would like to know, Marcellus, what is your favorite science fiction television show of all times? Oh, my God. The stakes are high. Listen to me and listen to me like you never heard me before in your life. I. Uh, let me start this right. My fave sci fi television show is. None other than, drum roll, Star Trek. Oh, God, yes. Listen, I don't care what nobody got to say. I don't care what nobody got to say. It's boring. It's this and that. Listen, Star Trek is it for me. Just There are certain shows like Golden Girls, like Martin, and a bunch of other shows that I watch to wind down. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is one of them. Awesome. I can watch. It could be in the background, and I know what's going on type mm-hmm. of thing. And they throw out all these science terms that they made up. Yeah. None of them factual. These, yeah. these science Star Trek terms. And I'm just sitting there like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Right, ooh, 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 right. Ooh. Now, Star Trek is huge as far as, like, shows and all these other things. So right. I'm going to try to streamline where I'm Because I was going to ask you, is there a particular one or are, is, we, are we talking about let me all build of... this house real quick oh okay, okay sir with you your ready? metaphors yes. <laughs> let me build this house let me get out the way let's Yellow start tape. by saying star trek is a cult phenomenon mm-hmm. and you taught me cult classic yes. now i understand it i'm gonna use it mm-hmm. it's a cult classic but it's also a cult phenomenon mm-hmm. and by phenomenon i mean it is big i believe it there are conventions mm-hmm. there are all these like huge things that people attend mm-hmm. mainly for star trek i watch there's a documentary mm-hmm. i think it's called trekkies there are people going to court with star trek uniforms on because <laughs> it makes them feel important right there are people doing all kind of stuff there was a guy who created a character uh-huh and he would wear the clothes of that character it was an episode it was a, a actual character uh-huh. and the character talked about his wife or whatever uh-huh. this person went and created what the wife would be what the wife would look like <laughs> and dressed up as the wife wow. and would go places as this wife wow there are dentists offices uh-huh. that are totally star trek themed. yes there are all these things like <clears throat> this is literally a cult phenomenon mm-hmm. because people can connect to it mm-hmm. now Basically, it's a space opera. Okay. I didn't know that term, so I read it. It's okay. basically like a space opera, but it is science fiction. Okay. And the original Star Trek show mm-hmm. was in 1966, and it had wow. Captain Kirk. We all know Captain Kirk. Yes. And that's William Shatner. Yes. And just the way he talked and everything, uh-huh. that, to me, made him famous. Almost. Right, right. Like, that, I will yeah. get to use. <laughs> like... And it was very, very hokey back then uh-huh. because it was, like we said, of that time, mm-hmm. future. Right. But what I love about Star Trek is as times went on, it adapted, mm-hmm. but it's still you still could say it's the same as the first one. Right. 
they keep some of the same basic concepts. Right. Even up to the most recent uh, show. Right. You can still connect stuff to the first show. Right. And <clears throat> Captain Kirk had the Starship Enterprise. And essentially, on all of the Star Treks, it's focusing on the United Federation of Planets. Okay. So in the future, they make a United Federation of Planets because now all these other planets are inhabitable. There are They find other beings. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it the most is they break space into four quadrants. Okay. Um, there's the Alpha Quadrant, mm-hmm. Delta Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't even think of the other two, but those okay. are the main two, but I'll, I'll come back. Earth okay. is in the Alpha Quadrant. Okay. And um, you have all these things encompassing what the show is. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what really got people into it, mm-hmm. including myself. I loved all the old ones. Yes, but then, of yes. course, they come start coming out with more series. Right. So they have the original series. They have an animated series. They have five spinoff series from the original series. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, they have a bunch of films and games as well. Now, the five spinoff series are what I really, really, really cherish. I didn't too much love the movies. I'm not going to lie mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I love shows. Right, right. <laughs> so I like that buildup of the show over time. The movie is just like they're trying to throw everything into In, uh-huh. an hour and some some change. Uh-huh. But anyway, you got the original series. You got Next Generation. Mm-hmm. You got Deep Space Nine. You got Voyager, yes. which is my favorite. <laughs> and you have Enterprise. You have Discovery. Now, I read somewhere that a lot of people didn't love Voyager. Uh-huh. But Voyager in no way was a bad show. And I can't help but believe that the only reason <laughs> that they didn't love Voyager is because the captain was a woman. Uh-huh. And Star Trek was trying to be revolutionary at that time. Because uh-huh. initially, they did have a man in place. Uh-huh. Or not in place. They wanted it to be a man. Uh-huh. But somebody came along and said, well, how about it be a woman? Right. And they never had a woman captain at that time. Right. And the captain of a starship in Star Trek is a big deal. Right. Because. Right. They become not only the ca- the ca- a captain to the people on the ship, but they're the viewers' captain. Right, right. You wouldn't. I cannot tell you how many times I watched Star Trek Voyager, and I'm just like, oh, I just love Captain Janeway. Like, <laughs> I imagine myself on the ship with them. And you got some special connection with the some captain. Some special connection. And what I love so much is that a lot of these shows, especially the older ones, they switched it up a little bit with Discovery, which is the newest one. Mm-hmm. A lot of the older shows. Throughout the series, you get to go around the ship a lot. Yeah. To the point to where they have diagrams of ships. They have models of ships, et cetera, et cetera. And I love it. Right. Like, I love being able to. It's like the world is unfolding right in front of you. And the like you, I think you said it best. The TV show allows you to really take a longer, deeper dive dive into into the world. And there will be stuff that happens. And I'm like, oh, um, take them there, take them there, take them uh-huh. to the brig, take uh-huh. them to, you know, in uh-huh. my mind, I know where they're going to go. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, let me get into the real, the real cat's pajamas here. <laughs> I love Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Star Trek Voyager has a special place in my heart oh. because a lot of times that's what I would be watching. It came on UPN. Uh-huh. I was a UPN child. Yes. And it was actually UPNs for a minute. It was like UPN's flagship show. Ah. It was. Okay. That makes sense. We have Star Trek because Star Trek was such a big deal and it right. was on these other primetime shows. Right. Now UBN has one. Right. And it was on at the same time as another Star Trek show and oh, still did good. And still did. That tells you right there the power of this whole the franchise. Pr- right. And so then now they got two different shows on two different networks. And then when this show comes on, you have a new thing because you have a, a 
a female captain, first right. of all. Right. And they already were a type of show that has a multicultural cast. Right. So that's another big thing. Right. But this one has even more of a multicultural cast and they're in the forefront as being multicultural. So you have an Asian person, you have a black person, you have a white person, you have a um Native American person, you mm-hmm. have a Hispanic person, you have mm-hmm. you have all these different things and that's I think what I really loved is they tried to push all that into it as well. So so they covered so, so many beautiful. things, women's rights, civil rights, they had the yes. multicultural crew. And Captain Janeway was played by Kate Mulgrew, mm-hmm. who was also on who is also on Orange is the New Black. Yes. She's red. Yes. But every time I see her, I'm like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's my captain. Right, right. Like, she did she good though, because to me she completely disappears yeah. in red. Oh yeah, she's definitely red, but in my mind, yeah. that's my captain. Okay, okay. And that show went on for seven seasons, ninety five to two thousand one. Wow. So that's I was five and it ended when I was eleven. Oh wow. And I watched it. You were watching it at five? I I don't think I was watching it at five. Maybe. But I know I caught on young. I'd say probably eight or nine. Okay. And watched it to the end because I remember the series finale and I wanted to cry because I was like, the series is over. And the way it ended, I can't say it because it's a spoiler if anybody's going to watch it. Right. But the way it ended was so like, it gave me closure, Mm -hmm. but I still was like waiting next week to get back on the ship. Right. Right. And then (laughs) (laughs) he was waiting for it to pick up, pick him up. The whole deal is on Voyager. Most of the other shows was about a ship just exploring space. Right. Things happen, whatever. Uh, I think Deep Space Nine was... The space a, station, A right? space okay. station. Okay. So they were kind of stationary. But Voyager was the only show where the ship ends up getting lost in space. Uh, they go to this certain situation. I don't want to say certain things, so okay. don't give it away. Okay. But something makes them end up in a whole different part of the space. They end up, I think, in the Delta Quadrant. Okay. Which, basically, in order for them to get back to Earth, it's going to take 75 years. Oh, my God. So the whole show is literally them. From the first episode, they're like, we got to get back. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the show, for all those years, is them coming back. Trying to get back, okay. Trying to get back to Earth. Oh, God. And... It's, they meet so many people along the way. Right. One of the most famous, like, groups of uh-huh. people that they meet or uh-huh. whatever is the Borg. Right, right, right. And you can't help but love the Borg. Yeah, I don't know why. They just love, I just like the Borg. The Borg essentially is run by the assimilate, Borg Queen. Assimilate. And they, they come and assimilate people. And they're the villains. Right, They're right. The, the, the antagonists. And they come in. And they're not just on Voyager. They're on a bunch of Star Trek right. movies and stuff, too. Right. Captain John Picard ended up turning into a Borg. Yes. Almost everybody ends up turning into a Borg. Because the Borg come and they're so strong and they adapt. Right. So if you can fight against the Borg, you uh-huh. may kill one or two, uh-huh. but they they're they're connected in uh-huh. the mind. Right. So they're always thinking of ways to be better. Right. So once you kill one or two, you probably not gonna kill no more because now they build up new shields and everything right at that moment. Right. And they come and they are strong and they can assimilate you and now you're gonna turn into a Borg. Uh-huh. You could be human, you could be any type of alien, you could be Klingon, right, whatever. And of course, they got their Klingons, like I just said. And then another Not thing that the was Klingons. another thing that was really cool is they had the Q. I don't know if you know. Oh the Q. yeah, yes, yes, yes. The Q was that. That look, there he goes right yep. there. Yep. Professor Brandon was like scrolling through something. The Q is like this being that takes on a human form uh-huh. and likes messing with Captain Janeway, likes coming in and yes. bothering the whole crew. But he has these powers. He can snap and change stuff. He can snap and make them be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. 
And uh, Which I want to ask the question: Did he just help them get home? Why couldn't he just help them get home? Because that that would have caused the show to end. <laughs> he did not come help them get home. Okay, he actually made it worse for them okay. a lot. But he wasn't necessarily a bad guy. Okay, he just was like a. Uh, uh, irritation Okay They're like Oh god the cue is here Then on one episode His son came And his son was like A teen that was acting out uh-huh. But he had the same powers As his dad uh-huh. uh, It was a mess If you could be Any character On uh, this show oh Which character Would you be oh And god. why Okay I would love To be uh, Commander Chakotay Okay Tell us who that is Because he's second in command Uh huh So he answers to Captain Janeway at all times. Okay. So he has to go and figure everything out, run everything. But the deal was on this show, he didn't have a good entrance because he was a part of like a rebel crew. Oh. That was against the Federation. Oh. Okay. Even though he went to school. Yeah. At, at yeah. For the Federation. And because he was in this rebel crew, uh, they were called the Maquis. Yeah. Something happened that would give it away. And he ended up on the ship. And when he ended up on the ship, a lot he of people ended. didn't like him. Right. But Captain Janeway knew she could trust him, and she knew him from before. And she said, you're going to be my commander. And he was like, are you sure the ship oh. will deal with that? She was like, what did I say? <laughs> All you right, be, first lady. She said just like that. Yes. That's my interpretation. She was like, nigga, what I say? You going to be my commander. Shut up. It's Second like Officer Takashi. Right. Chakotay. Chakotay. And then you got all these people. And I think what was crazy is one of the most famous characters from the show mm. came didn't come to like season seven. No, not season seven. Seven, six, five. I think season four or five. Okay. And uh, that was seven of nine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe that's why I was saying seven. Okay. <laughs> she was Borg, but uh-huh. she ended up turning human. Uh-huh. Um, and Jerry Ryan, that was her name. And I found out some fun facts. Let me throw out some fun facts. Throw she hated being on the show for the first, like, two years of being on there. She said that her outfit was too tight, first of all. Okay. She was very sexualized. Even though she had a full bodysuit on, uh-huh. they gave her this bodysuit under uh-huh. that had bigger boobs. Oh, okay. So, and it was heavy on her. Okay. And then her actual thing was super tight. Okay. So every day, I think one day she passed out. So they were trying to make her look like this hourglass shape. This hourglass. This unrealistic woman shape. Um, this thing that just was like, yeah, whatever. And so that plus her and Kate Mulgrew, the captain, uh-huh. didn't get along. Why? And they didn't get along till sometimes she said it made her like sick to her stomach. Like she didn't like being around her. Oh my God. She also ha- almost had this relationship with Chakotay on the show. Okay. She didn't like that. She felt stupid. After a while, I started to feel like she didn't like nothing. Right. I was going to say, well, what are But you some doing? of the stuff was valid. Um, she actually turned down the role four times, but somebody wanted her to do it so bad. I don't know who it was. Right. But they was like, we need you. It seems like if she had that much leverage, she should have been able to tell them, and I'm not wearing no bodysuit. Exactly. It's like, if you want me that bad, it's going to come with some conditions. It's going to come with some conditions. Interesting. Right. Okay. And they, then they might not have wanted her. They had a lot of strong female characters, though. Okay. They had a Klingon woman who was half human, half Klingon. Uh-huh. And that was Belana Torres. Mm-hmm. And that was played by Roxanne. Um... I always forget her last name. Diaz, I think. Okay. Delo- okay. Yeah. Okay. I I gotta figure that out. I messed up when okay. I was thinking about her name. Okay. But I just love that show and I uh, love everything that it brings to the table. Right. And you got holodecks where you yes, can go yes, in because yes. they're stuck in space, but they can go in holodecks and just live their And pretend streams. like they're at the beach. They can pretend like they're at an old bar in the eighteen hundreds. Authentic. Yep, and I they were at the old bar that. and everything. I love so it. So one day the holodeck broke down and the 
the simulation started fighting back. <laughs> it was a mess. They can um, simulate food, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's edible. Mm-hmm. They they have a chef on board, but mm-hmm. they can, you know. Can. So you got a holodeck. You got access to a holodeck. Where are you going? What are you creating? On my holodeck? Yeah. What are you I gonna do? am going to Belize. Oh. To a beautiful white sand, clear water beach Ooh. and just relaxing and having some type of blue alcoholic drink. <laughs> it's blue. That's all I know. It could be slushy. It could be regular, but it's going to be blue. But it's going to be a blue alcoholic drink just in Belize. Relax. And then I'm going to have my friends there with me. And we oh, just chilling. Oh, that's going to be awesome. That's awesome. I... One thing, again, I love about sci-fi is that sci-fi creates this amazing world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you love about it, and that's what keeps you coming back is because with the movie, you could only be there for so long, and they have a limited time to tell the story. But in the television show, mm-hmm. they get to unpack everything. Unpack. And the characters can go on these long journeys of self-discovery or mm-hmm. whatever, right? So here you are in the world of sci-fi, and it just keeps – Opening another door and another door and another door and another, and that's what you love about it. That's you got I languages. I know there's people who like, oh, I speak. Oh, people Klingon. learn Klingon, yeah. And so it's like they really take. I know their a time. word. Patak. <laughs> what is Patak? I know it's Patak, but I think Patak. Don't means be cussing at me on the show. It's we like something cuss. negative to the person. It's like either traitor. I know you or... cussing. I Patak you. Oh, I'm gonna figure it out. Can patak you type that in for me, please, Professor Brandon? I think it's P A T A A K. I'm gonna go to work tomorrow and be like, "What patak? That ain't what I said. That ain't what I asked for. Doggone it! Yes, uh, that'll be that'll be really fun. (laughs) You cuss us. Defector. Yes. Patak. I ain't no defector. You a glitch in the matrix. You a glitch in the matrix. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but I want to say one more thing is that what I also love is that these ships are. Huge. Oh. And Voyager was one of the smaller ships. Right. Because right. you got ships that are for fighting. Mm-hmm. You got ships that are just for, for trans. You had other ships that had families on them. Mm-hmm. This ship didn't really have a lot of families because it was like a, 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 a scouting, a ship, scouting right? mission. But then people may have had kids and stuff. So families do end up on the ship. That's but, amazing. And you got people that grow up on the ship. Which show you got was people Whoopi who got Goldberg fired. on? She was on she, was she either Space Next Nine? Generation or Deep Space Nine. Ne- no, never mind. She was on Next Generation. Next Generation, yeah. She was a bartender. Yeah. She was the bartender. Whoopi Goldberg loves sci-fi, by the way, y'all. Mm-hmm. She says it's one of her favorite genres. And I think I would agree that sci-fi is one of my favorite genres. I, it's one of mine, too. I I'm really honest. attracted to the world of sci-fi because... I think what happens is they deal with strong, serious issues like race, discrimination, but it's done in a way that's so colorful, kind of like what Stan Lee did with the mutants. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a guy who grew up in the 60s, and he's surrounded by the civil rights movement. And so this idea that you got um, mutants who are different, and how can I... um, You got mutants who are, di- you know, he he wanted to highlight that to be different doesn't mean that one person is better than the other. And so that happens in science fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, you're able to pull out. But here's the thing. There's only one thing I've known. And I think Professor Brandon knows this about me now, too. When it comes to TV shows, I have a great deal of patience for slow moving shows. Uh-huh. I don't know why. So if anybody is not into that, I wouldn't suggest Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek, sorry, because... Uh-huh. 
it really has the pace of molasses. Okay. But if you are a fan, you're a fan. And you're I'm a gonna, fan. Yeah, you're just going to be there for the ride. And it's, it's rewarding after a while to see these people grow up and everything else. So well, you're making me want to go watch a Star Trek series because there's series that I would probably go back and watch. Now, I'm going to tell you what I loved. The original Star Trek series. Oh, the original was great. I used to watch that on Dick at Night. But here's the deal. If you are like, oh, I want to get into Star Trek, but the, all the old ones, it's a little intimidating, watch the new one. Mm-hmm. I think it's done well oh, enough. Oh, yeah. They changed some stuff mm-hmm. that I was, as a true fan, I was like, I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I still think it's done well enough for you to go back and watch it. And they kind of, I think that's the most fast paced of all of them. Okay. I think they kind of understand that our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter. Okay. And shorter. Okay. They needed to kind of move so the story they had along a little quickly. Push everything along so f- this latest one which is star trek discovery mm-hmm. it's a little more hyper hyper mediated if mm-hmm. i would say like there's mm-hmm. more that goes on i'm gonna i started that and i really was enjoying it i need to go back to it they have this is the last thing i'm gonna say <laughs> they have <laughs> you, you know how you can go to ambiance like listen to ambiances and stuff yeah you can go youtube and type in different ships and get their ambiance the ambiance of that ship <laughs> i listened to one laying down one time and i was like I'm on Voyager. Oh my gosh. Like, you can literally do that. I think of Star Trek as like being on a cruise. But yeah. But like you working in like for the yeah, government. You gotta work. It's like a government cruise. I thank you. I think that you were right on it with Star Trek as an amazing, amazing pick for favorite genres. I hope y'all have been enjoying our podcast. We're just talking about the things that we love. Again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's nope. our fave. It's ours. So tell us what your fave is. You know, talk to us on social medias. And let us know what your favorite sci-fi is after you hear this um, amazing episode. And we want to know when you disagree, when you agree anything. Go yeah. on Instagram, anywhere else, say something. Be say like, no, that's not my that favorite. Was stupid. I didn't like, no, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, please Wait don't. a minute. <laughs> now, Marcella, I'm not inviting no negativity. No, you. we want you to just, we want to have a healthy debate and conversation with you as listeners. So if you feel like uh, something that you heard, you wanted to respond, respond. Let's know how you feel. All right, Marcellus, um, we're getting ready to take a break. Let's take one. Okay, bye. Break. Bye. Lord, I'm running, try to make a hundred. 99 and a half won't do. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you're ready for me to start, say something, nephew. Go ahead, prophet, it's you. We're going to be doing some advertisement. We're going, I'm doing Holy Ghost cinnamon buns. I'm blessing some cinnamon buns, and I'm putting them in all the children's lunches. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hey, this is Prophet Montgomery with Prophet Montgomery Birthday Message Ministry. Prophet is hosting a Harvest Crusade. Hold on a bubble shanta. Harvest Crusade run. We're doing a 5K run. Hallelujah. How many know it's October and it's the demonic forces are out and we are going to bind Halloween this October. We're running, God bless you, on Saturday, October the 13th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Why? Because that's the witching hour. Hallelujah. We're going to be starting at Compton Centennial Park and we're going to be running all the way to Long Beach. I know some of y'all say that's a long time, but God stayed on the cross for a long time for our sins and we can run, hallelujah, from Compton to Long Beach. Uh, we're going to start out at 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I want the mother's board to be running. I got the deacons running. I got the men's ministry running. I got the women's department. They're going to be in their blue hats. They're going to be running. 
I got the little young babies running, the sunshine band. We even got the special needs kids running. I tell you right now, we're binding the devil and we're running, we're running, we're running. Huh, I got a word from God. I don't know, somebody listening to this commercial right now, I see the color yellow. And I don't know about you, but your potassium's low. Prophet wants you to eat a banana. That's right. Go on down to the food for less and get you some bananas. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. That's right. The Harvest Crusade 5K run. Five is for the number of grace. Okay, so. Oh, I checked out. Why did you check? I was somewhere else. I went into like a black hole somewhere. I had to jump back. So Woo. you was in a sci-fi journey. Someone oh had beamed God, you up. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Beam me <laughs> Okay, I want to know from you, what, um, you what is your, um, first of all, do you have an honorable mention? Because sometimes, you guys, we have picked, remember, for us, the stakes are very high. This is our favorite sci-fi of all time. But sometimes you have a close second and a close third. Those are our honorable mentions. Do you have an honorable mention? Well, I think I kind of want to explain. I think our must-watch is, uh, well, I could be wrong. I feel like our must-watch is almost like close second, right? Well, I, I, you or know, is that what? just you need to watch it. So for me, I think that my must watch is, is like you just really need to watch. This. Okay, and I and I can I'll agree with you because when I looked at my must watch, I was like, ooh, I probably would have chose this as my fave, but the Matrix beat this one out. Mm-hmm. So it could be that they're all equal. Yeah. So my must watch could have been my fave. My honorable mentions could have been my fave. So, but here's the thing I do know. My must-watch, you know, we just go into a little bit more detail about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I you tell us which one is which. That's how I do it. Okay. I mean, in my mind, it's uh-huh. like I talk about my fave, but my must-watch is like would have been my fave if my fave wasn't my fave. Gotcha. Well, what um, is your must-watch? Unless watch? there's something I just saw that I'm like, ooh, y'all need to see. Okay. You know? Okay. What is what is, what is is that? Like? I'll go first. I You know? I will, I'll go first this time for Must Watch. Yes. Let's switch it up. Yes. My Must Watch is Black Mirror. Ooh. Oh, that's good. good. On Netflix. Ooh, that's good. Did you know? I did not know this. Did you know Black Mirror actually was on an actual station at first? It was like Channel 4, British Channel something. No, I didn't know And that then it got picked sense. up by Netflix. I believe it. Netflix is just buying everything. They are science fiction. Yeah, I love they're it. They're trying to add to that, that catalog. And it is indeed science fiction and mm-hmm. it's heavily influenced by twilight zone yes written yes. in the books yes and i really 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 love it and i think everybody should watch it i know many people probably have seen it because it's like you can't have netflix and not at least see one episode of black mirror it's phenomenal but how i'm gonna explain it just real quick is it's an anthology series mm-hmm. i love those type mm-hmm. if you can't tell like i love when things switch up yeah. except for star trek Keep it the same. <laughs> Everything else, I love when stuff Everything else, I'm up. like, ah, ah, ah. And uh, it was created by Charlie Brooker. And it's basically, like I said, an alternative present or a near future. And it kind of has to do with technology. A lot of them have to do with yeah. technology and when things go wrong. Yeah. Some of it is other stuff. Yeah. But it's all just this has this dark kind of cloud oh. over it. Oh, it's good. It's in its fourth season. And did you know the name actually comes from black screens that surround us every day oh that scary? that's, that's right. the black mirror that's so true oh that's scary my tv is a black mirror <gasps> phone my phone is a black mirror and that's why they go into that technology 
He's looking at himself in his phone. Oh, you know what? Oh my god! <laughs> Why do you I make that see. face? <laughs> I can see, Marcel. You just blew my mind right now. I blew. I. I, I it threw me for a loop when I saw it. Oh now god. here goes the deal. There is an episode that is possibly in the works for a movie, and I say possibly with a strong quotations okay. because uh, I forgot his name already. Who Iron Man? His production, Robert Downey Jr.'s production company mm-hmm. was going to pick it up. This okay. was a while ago. So he, he was asked recently, and he was like, it's still working. So okay. you just never really know. If okay. It's what episode? Go. It was the episode, season one, episode three, called Entire History of You. A lot of people have seen this episode. That's the one where you can rewind your yeah. memories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good, too. And they want to make that a movie because that was deep that was really good i could see that being a movie and let me just tell you because it's a must watch and because it's an anthology there are a bunch of episodes i say watch them all but if you're just like let me watch a few and see let me tell you the ones i think you should watch okay season three episode three shut up and dance mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you it gets intense it makes you think about things you be doing when you think people ain't watching mm-hmm. season four episode five metalhead it's like kind of like post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. It's, it's it's weird season two episode one white bear that one threw me for a mental loop yeah, and i was, was like oh my god it's pretty deep and then there was white christmas and that didn't really have a season because that was a christmas special mm-hmm. and that one really took me yeah. just i was like whoa i felt after i watched that episode i just felt tormented i just yeah. felt so i felt really like immense sadness like yeah. oh my god that's bad Oh, that's good. But that's, that's good. it for me. That's my uh, must watch. Y'all, listen. What I'm, uh, me and Kenneth are going to start doing is when we talk about our must watch, we're going to really give you a way to go and watch it or tell you how we think you can go and watch it. Because, you know, sometimes you probably can't. you to go to the DVD. Listen. That's for what Black we're Mirror, tell you. you can go. You're going to go on Netflix. On Netflix. Type in Black Mirror. You can watch it. It's that simple. And if you don't have Netflix, it's 2018. Find somebody that do and get their password. That's all. Your turn. I think my mess watch is Alien. Oh. I love, love, love. And I think you're absolutely right. My must watch would be my fave if Matrix wasn't my fave. Alien was directed by Ridley Scott back in 1979. And it's this amazing heroine. We got Sigourney Weavers in the lead, action star. She kind of set the tone for females being like, why can't a woman be the lead, you know, as far as saving the day type of thing. Right. So basically you have this um <clears throat> this commercial starship is out. They're in cryo sleep. And then all of a sudden the distress signal comes from a ship that was nearby. Mm-hmm. The ship wakes them up out of cryo sleep. They go and investigate the ship only to find a nest full of alien eggs. somebody gets infected and next thing you know that alien is back on that starship y'all the most iconic scene is the alien bursting out of the man's stomach oh god stan winston does the special effects and makeup it's just phenomenal you talk about a classic science fiction movie it's going to be alien and um i would also like to just honorable mention um the fly the fly uh, and i know there's a black and white original but i'm talking about the one that came out in the 80s because i'm an 80s baby with jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. he's basically creating a, a transporter so he has his little lab and you can go from one pot to the next and unmistakably a fly flew in 
just like today's recording has been a god dog on fly in this studio this whole dog on time and that fly went in there and he's now mutating into a fly amazing gina davis plays his love interest and my other honorable mention would be i cannot um i just have to say blade runner and it's a little Blade Runner is sci-fi because I love androids and the fact that this whole idea that androids can look like humans and humans and and robots and something about the cyborgs and stuff like I was going to say Terminator because that kind of blew my mind as a kid too Mm -hmm. with the idea of Arnold Schwarzenegger being a a robot but y'all that's it one more one more honorable mention that's a movie yeah I said earlier was Metropolis Right, that that's a I did throwback, see that. But it's good. I did see that. That was really good. Yeah, in fact, that's what Janelle Monae kind of based a lot of her albums off of. Was Metrop- she still kind of does off of Metropolis? Super Y'all go cool. back. Metropolis is on Netflix. It is. Yeah, it was on. It was. It it has been on Netflix for quite some time. So if you are for a real good movie buff, go back and watch that. You can kind of see how people really saw themselves in sci-fi. And I have two things I gotta fix. Well, add. Oh. One more for Black Mirror is season four, episode one, USS Callister, because it won. I mean, it was nominated and stuff in the uh, Emmys. And that is a great episode. It's an excellent episode. And then my wrestling theme song is uh, Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind okay. Up in no, Hell, Up in no, Hell. Y'all Gonna no, Make Me Act a Fool. No, no. You guys, please follow us, um, My Fave Podcast. We have an Instagram page, we have a Facebook talk to us y'all we want to talk to you if you love what you hear please click and subscribe um the more you subscribe it really helps us out and also leave a review yes we really appreciate we have some already thank y'all yes thank you guys who are uh, talking to us and reviewing but we really need more reviews we want to hear what you all think about the show what's your fave tell us what your fave is right and we always have such a fun time doing it and like he said you can find me um at marcellus underscore kid everywhere and you can find kenneth at k-e-n seven nine I thought it was Ken Brown 79. Oh, it is. <laughs> I was just checking to see if you knew it. You're good. I'm good. I'm You're good, good sir. <laughs> and of course, find us at My Fave Podcast. That's M Y F A V E P O D C A S D. Bye. 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 Bye.